Welcome to our recap of Wednesday night. Tonight we started a new study called Walk This Way, based on John 14, 6, where Jesus tells them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so throughout this series, we're going to kind of be looking at some of those foundational faith ideas and those things that we believe about Jesus and about our Lord. And we started off today talking about the fact of the way. That there's going to, and the reason that we're looking at this is there's going to come a time where you won't have a youth group or where you'll find yourself alone with more questions than answers when all you will have is your scriptures and God. And then, and when that day comes, that I want you to be able, I want that to be enough. I want you to be able to search and use and receive the scriptures that you and know that you will not actually be alone because you will know, you will not just know about God, but you will actually know God. And the scripture that we were, that we looked at tonight was Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 25. And, but before we really jumped into even looking at that, uh, I pointed out that I know that this is normally a Christmas story. That, that this is, but when we look at the book of Matthew, it is titled The Gospel According to Matthew. The Gospel meaning the good news according to Matthew. So Matthew is writing down something that he deems to be good news. And that, but that before we even jump into Matthew, we can't forget that there is an Old Testament. And at the end of the Old Testament, we hear from Malachi and he's prophesying. And after that, no one really heard from God for about 100, 100 to 150 years. And so when we are turning the page from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we're not simply turning a page, but we are turning over 100 years of history. We are turning completely to a completely different way of God and man relating to each other. And the entire Old Testament is filled with promises that God is going to give, that God is giving to his covenant people. And all of a sudden, we flip the page, and when we flip the page, there is this list of names. And somewhere in there, there's this guy named Jesus, and he's born. And, and we have no context for this. And so if, if we're not careful, we won't understand what is going on. But because it is a Christmas story, we, we automatically jump to the nativity scene and feel like, oh, well, I know what's going on here. But what we aren't seeing is that Matthew, who was walking around with Jesus for three and a half years, who's been living with Jesus, realizes that he needs to write down this and, and pass this story down about this Jesus guy. That this is real history that Matthew walked with Jesus and recorded it. And there are other facts to support the validity of Scripture uh, but that is not the purpose of tonight's lesson. And, 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 but we do need to know, who is it that Matthew is addressing? He's addressing the Jewish people who love the Old Testament God, the people who need to be convinced that Jesus, the guy making these incredible claims, that he is the fulfillment of all the promises made to them in the Old Testament. So we took a look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And reading through that really quick, it says, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. And just a brief interruption, if somebody's going to write about how you were born, um, you are a big deal. This isn't just about some, some guy named Jesus anymore. But anyway, so he goes on and he says, It took place this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. 
And so what this is ultimately saying is that Jesus' mom is pregnant. Mary is pregnant. So what? Except for the fact that what we hear is that Mary is a virgin. Mary had not had sex with her fiance, Joseph. Um, and, and so Mary is pregnant, but Joseph didn't do it. And so what we hear is that she has been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And I think too often we just look at that and go, oh, okay, I believe it. I accept it. But, but, we have, but when we look at this, how, how crazy is it to actually just believe this? And, and, I, and my challenge for you as you hear this is to not just simply take it at face value and go, oh, okay, I believe it, but to be able to say why you believe it, not just because somebody else believes it, not because I believe it or your parents believe it, but why can we believe something like this? And then in verse 19, we hear her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to the public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. So Joseph is, is trying to be a good guy about all this. And what he is saying is that Joseph wants a divorce because he, he didn't do it. He's not, the one, he's not the one that impregnated her, but he wants to do so quietly because he doesn't want her to be drugged through the mud. But just when he was resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is the son of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So, so Joseph was going to divorce her, but he doesn't. And he doesn't because a, 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 an angel appears to him and says, don't do it. This is real. This is what really happened. And it says in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophets. And so when we hear this, they're quoting the prophets. And, when, and, and in verse 23 through 25, it kind of says, look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as a wife but had no marital relations with her until they bore a son and they named him Jesus. But if we look at Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. So, so this is a drawback for, and the Old Testament people would know this, to Isaiah 7, 14, which was, between seven and 750 years before Jesus ever showed up. And it's about the coming of God to God's people. And so we're starting to get the point that why, why, of why Matthew is writing all this down. And when they heard this idea of, a, of, a born, of him being born a virgin, their ears would perk up and they would know this idea. And they would call back to the, to the prophecy. And Matthew is trying to help us to realize what that this is the guy, that, the, that Jesus is the one that they've been hearing about. And so they, we hear that the name Jesus means he saved. So the questions that we have to ask is saved from what? This is something that we need to ask for ourselves. Saved for, for what and from what? The things you have to answer and be able to find for yourself the only way you can receive this salvation that Jesus is providing, the saving that Jesus is providing, is through repentance or turning away from, which means that you have to admit that you have something you need to be saved from. But so often we lie to ourselves and say, I'm good, I don't need to be saved. I'm good, I'm, I don't have any issues, if you will. 
This is why confession is so important and why I encourage you to confess. Maybe not like aloud to everybody that will listen, but confession frees us of our shame and our guilt and because we hear that Jesus took the guilt. This is what happens when we admit to others that we have failed, is we no longer feel this shame and guilt, but we have to be willing to own that we make mistakes, that things happen. That as Romans 6, 23 tells us, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, we hear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the price of that sin is death. And, and, and you have sin in your life. Everyone does, myself included. But the wage is death. And if you do something to me, you didn't just sin against me. I may get upset, but I'll get over it. But you sinned against God. And as we hear, a sin against an eternal God has an eternal consequence. Whatever solution was going to be, it couldn't just be the blood of a bull or a ram like in the Old Testament. That was a temporary solution. That was a, a, a wipe away that did not fully cover the eternal consequence. And so God looks and realizes that there is one solution for this problem of human being. Someone who is human must pay the price. But it can't be someone who has sinned because that would be a blemished sacrifice. And that isn't the spotless lamb. So God sent his son to fulfill the prophecy, to be born of a virgin, to take on flesh, to never take on sin, to go to the cross, to die for you and for me. And my hope is that, you, is that this doesn't sit in your mind like a fairy tale or, or, or Harry Potter, but this is not some story people made up, but that you hear this and go, that is the purpose of Jesus. And that you start to wrap your mind around how you need Jesus in your life and that that forms you and pushes you into relationship with Jesus because you want to get to know this person and this God that came to save you from yourself. As we go throughout this series, as we remember that the best of all is God is with us. Thank you and God bless.